verses 11 and 12. Psalm 26, verses 11 and 12. I just hope you don't jump off too. Praise God. That's, that's been probably 30 years ago. I'm still just jumping off. I'm just finding places and jumping off. Psalm 26, verses 11 and 12. Here's what the psalmist says. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. As for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me, be merciful to me. My foot standeth in an even place. In the congregations will I bless the Lord. I wanted, I wanted to preach, teach, talk. I don't want to say share because I heard Elder Moody say one time he was tired of men sharing. He wanted somebody to preach to him. So I'm not going to share with you tonight, but I'm going to talk to you, all right? I'm going to least, at least talk to you tonight. Uh, about standing in an even place. Standing in an even place. Why don't we put our Bibles down and let's lift our hands and lift our voices. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Can we do that? Everybody, let's talk to the Lord. Jesus name let's worship him one more time everybody come on let's everybody worship God let's worship God let's worship God let's worship God hallelujah I love you Jesus I love you Jesus praise God praise God praise God Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The psalmist, or I guess I could say palmist. Um, that's what somebody, a devout religious person, Supposedly said, he talked about what the palmist told us. So the palmist says here that he was walking in integrity. I think all of us understand the need for integrity. I've taught a lot 
about integrity. I've taught, I've preached to you a lot about having integrity and what integrity is. And integrity is, is really, somebody defined it this way, it's doing what's right when nobody's watching. That's, that's what having integrity is. It's not, it's not having, Brother Goff, two different measures. It's not, it's not living one way when other church folks are around and, and then living a different way uh, when you're with a certain group of friends. It's, 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 not, it's not acting one way when the pastor's there and acting another way when the pastor's absent. But integrity is doing what's right all the time. Whether anybody's going to find out about it or not. Whether anybody's going to know about it or not. You just do what's right because it's right. And, and the psalmist here says that this is what he has purposed to do. As for me, I am going to walk in my integrity. So he says, I want you to redeem me. I want you to be merciful to me. And here's what I'm doing to try to maintain that integrity, Lord. He said, my foot standeth in an even place. Now, this, this phrase, an even place, in the original, uh, really refers to a level region. It's talking about what we would today call a plain. It's a flat place. It's not, it's not filled with hills and, and valleys, but it's, it's smooth and it's level. It is level ground. My foot standeth on level ground is what he's saying. I, I if I could put it this way, I have found a place of balance. Well, praise God. I feel this tonight. I, 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 I don't really expect to be shouting a lot. I don't expect a lot of running the aisles, but I really feel this tonight. He, he was saying, God, this is the way that I am going to try to walk in integrity is that I have found a place to stand that is balanced. Uh, I'm, I'm not leaning one way or the other. I'm not given to extremes, but I'm just trying to strike a balance here. And, and as long as I can strike a balance, I believe that I'll be all right. Amen. I, I want to say to us tonight, church, and as I said a moment ago, I know this may be elementary for some of you, but... But I want to tell you that for every child of God, there's got to be a conscious effort in our hearts and minds that we are striving for balance in our walk with God. We've got to try to find, oh I feel this tonight, we've got to try to find that even place. We gotta try to find that level ground. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. 
Hallelujah. Now, now listen to me. L- listen to me. I want you to understand, and I've, I think I've said this maybe before in passing. I don't know that I've ever preached about this. I don't know that I've ever taught on this. I, I think I've included it maybe in a lesson somewhere sometime. And some of you ministers, I've probably shared this with you at, at some point in discussions that we have had. But, but there's something that we've got to realize and, and that is that in the natural sense, for us when we're born, you've got to realize that balance is not a natural characteristic. It's not something that is innate. It's not something we are given at birth. Let me prove it to you. When a child is born, it takes a while before that child is able to sit up. Right? It's not born being able to sit up. You know why? Because it hasn't learned how to balance. There is within us a natural tendency to fall one way or the other. That's in us. It's just there. Now gravity's pulling at us. Something is going to make us go in one direction or the other. And really it all depends on which way we're leaning. We're going to fall in the direction that we're leaning. But somehow we've got to we got to work with that infant. We got to work with that baby until they learn. And we'll, you know, we'll we'll get them the little seats and 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 we'll prop pillows up around them and we we try to teach them what it's like to balance themselves until they understand that feeling where they can sit up by themselves. And then they finally mastered that feeling of balance. But that's just the beginning in life. And then once they've mastered the balance of sitting up, there's something else they got to learn to do. And then they start pulling up. And when they start pulling up, it's because they want to stand. But you know, they, they, don't, they just don't have that sense Brother Nelson, of, of balance in them. And they, they, they've got a hold of something and they think they can turn loose like mama and daddy. And, and, and they, they try turning loose and down they go. And they don't realize it yet, but that's part of the reason for all that padding in the diaper. You know, they, they're, somewhere down the road they'll be thankful they had that. And... Uh, uh, they, they, they've, got, they've learned to balance enough to set up. But there's another dimension of balance that they've got to add to that. And they've got to learn now to stand. And then once they've mastered that, just because they can stand doesn't mean they can walk. 
And walking is yet another dimension of balance. It's one thing to stand still and balance. It's another thing when you're moving and you're trying to balance. Are you with me? I know this is simple, but, but, but follow with me now. And, and then they learn, finally they learn to walk. And, and, and you know, we, we've, we've got all the tricks of, of teaching them how to walk. And I know, you know, with some of ours, we, we, we would get to the place we felt like they, they really can do it. They're just afraid to make that step. And, and, and we would take a crayon. And we'd hold a crayon in our, in our hand and have them hold the other end of that crayon. So they're holding that crayon. They think they got us. And we'd let go of the crayon. And they'd take a few steps and wouldn't realize that they were walking on their own. They, they felt the security of that crayon in their hand. And, and, and then, you know, they'd start looking around and, and then down they'd go because they were unsure of themselves. But, but the time came when they learned to walk and then they got to learn to run. And then at some point we put them on that contraption called a bicycle and, and we, we want to teach them to ride and that that takes a different level of balance altogether. And, and, and I'm saying to you, I know this is simple, but I'm just telling you, church, here's the thing. You, you had to learn that. You weren't born with that. That's an acquired skill. And all through your life, you're having to add to that skill until you've reached a place now that you walked in here. And you didn't think about, how am I going to stay upright? You know the feeling of balance. You've, you've spent enough time in that place of balance that you're comfortable there. And now if something happens and your equilibrium is off, something happens and suddenly you you can't find your balance. That's where you're not comfortable. Is when you're out of balance. And what I want to tell you tonight. Is that the same thing is true. In the spiritual sense. Just because you've been born again. Doesn't mean you were born. With a spiritual sense of balance. There is just as much tendency in the spiritual walk to fall to one side or the other as there is in the natural walk. But I'm here to tell you tonight that you can overcome this and you can reach a place spiritually where you learn what that feeling of balance is all about and you can get to the place where when you're out of balance that's where you feel uncomfortable. Now, now, there is this tendency within us spiritually. And this is, this is a real problem. It's a real problem for some people who are born again. Because this tendency to fall to one side or the other is a constant war that's going on within them. And if they never learn to find a place of balance, then they're going to spend their entire spiritual existence 
falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up, falling down, getting up. And it's all because, Brother Goff, they've never learned how to just find the place of balance. They've never learned how to just get that sense of this is the safe spot. This is where everything's okay for me spiritually. If I go too far this way, I'm going to fall. And if I go too far that way, I'm going to fall. But if I, if I can hit this spot right here, then, then I can walk. And I can grow. And I can become something productive in the kingdom of God. Listen to me. I feel this tonight. I talked to the church last Sunday morning about learning to bear your own burdens. And, and I still feel this so strong tonight. I, I'm trying to help some of you to learn how to bear your own burdens. How to get to the place that day is coming when others are not going to be able to help you anymore. You've got to learn how to stand up. On your own. You've got to learn this. You've got to learn this. But there's, there's, there are two sides that are pulling at us. Spirituality is pulling. And carnality is pulling. And, and we've got to be careful. Listen to me. We've got to be careful. That we maintain a balance. Just hear me out tonight. Hear me out tonight. We got to be careful that we maintain a balance. The Apostle Paul talked about this. Now he didn't, he didn't say it in the words I'm saying it in tonight. But he really talked about this principle. Romans chapter 7. If you'll turn there. Romans chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 15. Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. I want you to hear what he says. Romans 7 and 15, we'll read down through 21 right now. Read for me. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that, is, that it is good. Mm -hmm. Now then, it is no more than I do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that, that in is me. in my flesh. That's in my flesh. Dwelleth no good thing. There's no good thing in my flesh. For to will is present with me. I have the will to do what's right. But how to perform that which is good I find not. But in my flesh I don't have the ability or the knowledge of how to do what's right in my flesh. Read. For the good that I would do I do not. Yeah. But the evil which I would not that I do. Right. Now if I do that I would not. It is no more it's that no I, more I that, I do, that it, do it, but sin but that dwelleth sin that in, me. in me. I find then a law. So he said, I find a law. That when I would do good. When I would do good. Evil is present with so, me. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, to lean toward the spiritual side, but, but there's something pulling me over here. That, that I, I'm, I'm, I feel the tug and I feel the allurement of this side over here that... that the whole time I'm trying to do what's right, what's wrong keeps calling for me. Read. Verse 20. That was verse 19, I think. 
Oh, that was 21. All right. I, yes, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, he really explains, I believe, and summarizes this point in the next two verses. So let's read verses 22 and 23. For I delight in the law Here's of God. Here's what he says. Now, now watch this closely. For I delight in the law of God after the inward after man. After the inward man. All right? But I see another law but in I my members. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law, Warring against of, my the mind, law of my mind and bringing me, bringing into, me captivity into captivity to the law of sin, the law of which sin. is in my members. So here's what he said. There's two laws here. The law of God. And he said the inner man delights in the law of God. My spiritual man wants to do what God wants me to do. But he said i got a problem. I've got flesh. And my flesh does not want to do what God wants me to do. And so I've got this constant battle every day when I wake up in the morning every day. There's this battle going on. The spirit that's inside of me and the flesh on the outside are battling one another. They are fighting. They're trying to get me to fall one way or the other, trying to get me to go one direction or the other. And I'm struggling just to maintain my balance in the midst of all of this. Now look, Paul was explaining the way it works for all of us. This is the way it is. And see, the devil wants to convince you. He wants to convince you that you're the only person that has this struggle. You come to church, you see everybody smiling, everybody worshiping, and you think nobody else is feeling any temptations. Nobody else is having any problems. They're all happy. They're all smiling. Nobody is going through what I'm going through. When the fact of the matter is, everybody is. But the thing is, some of us have learned that place of balance. I've got the same fight you've got. I've got the same battle going on in me that you've got. My flesh is just as carnal as your flesh. Temptation is just as real for me as it is for anybody else. And it pulls at me just like it pulls at anybody else. But here's the thing. I've learned... How to balance that. When you've got something pulling this way, how do you balance it? You've got to counter it with equal resistance. I know this is so simple, but it's something that some of you have just never gotten through your mind. Because it's pulling, 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 and you think, I just can't fight it. I can't. Yes, you can. You've got the same Holy Ghost I've got, and it's not any stronger in me than it is in you. It's just a matter of I've learned to use it, and you've got to learn to use it as well. And you've got to learn when the pull to the carnality is the strongest, that's when you've got to fight toward the spiritual the hardest. 
you know, if, I mean, it'd be one thing if, if, I had, if I had a child come up here and try to pull me to the left. It, it would be one thing. It wouldn't take a lot of resistance. If I had two or three of you men come up here and start pulling. You know, I, I wouldn't have the strength to fight off three of you at one time. It's going to take a whole lot more struggle and I'm going to have to have some help. And I have to recognize how strong is this battle that I'm facing right now. How strong is this allure? How severe is this gravitational pull that I'm facing? And how now do I correct that? Well, look, I think that, I think that we understand the dangers of a lack of balance. When, when you don't have balance, you know what happens. You're going to fall. And you know, when you fall, sometimes it's no big deal. You know, sometimes you fall and you just get up and brush yourself off. Go on. Um, sometimes the embarrassment of the fall hurts worse than the physical damage. Depending on who's watching, right? Depending on where it happens, who it happens in front of. Um, I mean, I didn't fall personally, but what's going through my mind right now is one year at, at General Conference, thousands of people out there, and they're awarding me uh, with a, an award as Sunday School Director. And uh, I was getting a national recognition in front of thousands of people. Sunday school director for, for the state of Kansas and they gave me this beautiful crystal sailboat and on this, on this wooden base and brother self I thought it was all attached and so I was holding it by the base and they gave it to me and I started back to my seat and one of the, one of the other preachers there jumped up to shake my hand well I leaned in to shake his hand when I did the sailboat went sailing and right there in front of thousands of people my crystal sailboat just shattered all over the platform. You know, that fall was a little embarrassing. It was a little embarrassing. So that's what I think of your prize. You no, know, that's not really what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but it just depends. It just depends. Um, but sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the embarrassment is worse than any physical effects. But sometimes, depending on how far the fall, how fast you're traveling when you fall, there's a lot of factors that there are times that a fall can do very severe damage, even to the point of death. And so we recognize that falling 
can be a very severe thing. And that's why there is this mechanism in us now. Now that we've come to understand balance. Now you set that baby up when they've never learned balance and they just fall over. They don't try to catch themselves. They don't try to brace themselves. They don't try to stop themselves from the fall. They don't know how. But you give them some time and you let them learn balance. And then once they've felt that feeling of balance, they start to go over. Then they, you can watch as they start to do something. Grab for something, for somebody. Reach for mama, reach for daddy. Do something because this doesn't feel right. And there is this mechanism within us that when we start to fall, we want to stop the fall. But unfortunately, spiritually, there are those that the moment they start to fall, they give up. And they think, I'm going down. So I'm a failure. But I'm telling you, you don't have to be a failure just because you're going down. In fact, just because you go down doesn't mean you're a failure. You become a failure the moment you refuse to get up. But as long as you are willing to try to learn, why did I fall? What happened? What caused me to do this? How can I keep from doing it next time? And you'll, then you'll, you'll take the correction you need and you'll get up and you'll work on it and you'll try. Listen, how many times as a child did you fall before you were able to sit up? How many times as a child did you fall before you were able to stand up? Before you were able to walk? Before you were able to ride a bike? But you didn't stop. You didn't quit. At least I hope you didn't. Some people in today's generation, I don't know. I got to let the old fogey in me come out once in a while. There's some in today's generation that I think if they can't master the bicycle the first time they get on it, it's not worth it. Just give up. Or just keep the training wheels on until they're 40. I don't know. Um, but the thing is, at, at some point, you, you've got to get this mindset that says, I'm going to get up. And not only get up, I'm going to figure out, what did I do? How did I lose my balance? What caused me to get off balance? And how can I fix that next time? There is such a danger in a lack of balance. Now, God described this in one of the tribes of Israel. I want want to... I want you to hear this. Hosea chapter 7 verse 8. Hosea 7, 8. Listen to this. Ephraim, he had mixed himself among the people. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Mm. Now, that may not make sense to many of you, but you know the cakes that they were talking about there, they would take the dough and they'd put it over an open flame. And, and obviously in an open flame, you're, you're, you're cooking one side. And so it can only cook for so long, and then you've got to turn it over, and you've got to cook the other side for a while. But God said, let me tell you the problem with Ephraim. With Ephraim, 
They just stayed on that one side and they burnt that one side. And they never turned it over. And so one side is burnt and the other side is totally uncooked. Now one commentator said that what God was talking about was outward performance with inward lukewarmness. One was overdone. But there was no wholesome effect on the other. Another commentator said uh, it was burnt on one side and doughy on the other. And so no good for nothing on either side. But always in one extreme or the other. Unfortunately in my many years of pastoring I've seen too many Christians live their lives this way. They burn one area of their walk with God and they leave another area raw and uncooked. This is why I'm preaching to you about balance. Because you do that. You let one side burn and everything is going to be ruined. Saints of God, listen to me. We've got to get an awareness of the need for balance. And I don't care if you're brand new or you've been in the church 40 years. We all have to go back and get a fresh awareness of the need for balance in our lives. We've got to understand this because it's a tendency within us. It's a natural tendency that we will overdo the things we like, but the things that we don't like, the things that are going to cost us something, the things that are going to take a little effort, we'll neglect those things. But we've got to be balanced. We've got to be balanced. I've seen I've seen saints of God. When I've preached, you know, we need to be praying. We need to be praying. And, and they'll get stirred. And you know what they'll do? They'll make up their mind. Boy, beginning right now, I'm going to get up every morning at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to pray from 3 until 6 every day. And they mean well. But you know what you're doing when you do that? You're, you're, you're burning one side. And it's not a goal you're going to keep. And you've got all of this time when you've not prayed at all. And now all of a sudden you want to turn up the heat on this one thing. To try to fix what you've neglected. And it doesn't even out. And you end up burning it. And as a result, you burn out. And before long, you're not praying again. Can I tell you, it'd be much better if you'd just say, you know, I haven't been praying. And I don't think I can spend three hours in prayer. But here's what I am going to do, God. I'm going to do my best that I'm not going to start my day without talking to you at least a little bit each day. I'm just going to, I'm not going to commit how long, but I am going to make a commitment that I will not start my day without talking to you. 
I just want to find a place where I can be balanced now. I just, I want to maintain. Because I want to tell you what I found out. If you'll start out just talking to God on a regular basis, it doesn't take long until just a few minutes stretches a little bit longer. And then that stretches a little bit longer. You're not watching the clock trying to make it turn into 60 minutes. You're just spending time with the one you love. It just happens because you've learned how to balance. get stirred up about whatever's being preached at the moment. And we run to the altar and make all kinds of commitments that we don't keep. But it's because we're trying to burn this side to make up for the lack of heat that's been there up until now. And, and you're not gonna, you're not going to accomplish any good that way. You just got to learn to be consistent. Just be consistent. You know, I, I um, and I'll, I'll try to have them out quickly. I've, every year I've encouraged this church, read your Bible through, read your Bible through, read it through once a year. Do it every year, every year, every year. I've, I've pushed it, I've I've encouraged it. I've done everything I know to do. I've made it as easy as I can make it. I don't know how I can make it any easier than I've made it. 15 to 20 minutes, five days a week. It gives you two days on the weekend that you don't even have to read. Um, I mean, that's, that actually has given you some time to catch up in case you, you miss a day or two. I don't know that I can make it any easier than that. Um, maybe I can, but, but, but I hadn't figured out how to yet. I've made it as easy as I can, and, and yet there's still... A lot that have never read their Bible through. You've never read it through. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it'd be so much better, so much better if you'd just commit 15 minutes. That's all. I'm just going to take 15 minutes. I'm just going to take 15 minutes and read my Bible for 15 minutes. Don't, don't commit that, you know, I'm going to do what pastor do. I'm going to read my Bible four times this year. You know, I've been reading the Bible a long time. And it's just a personal thing I wanted to do this year. I'd never read it through. And there's some drawbacks to doing it. There really is. Um, because to do that, you don't really have time to dig into things. And I hear things and I have to make notes. And then i got to come back later and study it. And Sometimes as a preacher, you don't really want to do that. You want to stop right there and, and, and deal with it. But... But it's just something I wanted to do this year. I wanted to just do something different this year and really just fill myself with the Word of God this year. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, don't, don't try to make commitments like that when you're just getting started. Just do something where you can be consistent. Just be consistent. It's so much better to be consistent We get stirred up about fasting. and Well, I'm going to fast a month. And the first meal, you say, oh, God, I'm dying. You go eat and say, well, I blew that. Sorry, God. And then you just forget about it. Look, it, it'd be better. I promise you, it would be better for you to say, all right, God, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do half a day, but I'm going to make a commitment. 
and I'm going to stick with that commitment and be consistent than to try to overcook one side and destroy the whole thing. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. And, and I know this is just practical stuff, but I'm, I really felt like this is what God wants some folks to hear tonight. We, we, we end up burning one side, trying to fix what we see lacking. We end up leaving the other side undone. And, 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 and we need to be focused on a consistency and a relationship with Him. Not on how many chapters and how many minutes and how many days. But on developing a relationship with Him. That's where the focus ought to be. And it ought to be on a consistent relationship. Balance. I'm, I'm talking to you tonight about balance. You know, Jesus addressed this in the Pharisees. Luke 11. Uh, I've got to hurry. Luke eleven forty two. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ye ought to have done, but not to leave the other undone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So see, it's, it's easy. It's easy for them. It was easy for them to go and take 10% of whatever it was that came their way and take 10% go give that to God. But now when it came to showing love to others that weren't like them. Now that's going to require some work from these holier-than-thou folks. And they weren't willing to do that. And notice what Jesus said. He said, these ought ye to have done and don't leave the other undone. Could we say it this way? Don't be like Ephraim. Don't cook one side and leave the other uncooked. Be consistent on both sides. Pay your tithes, but be compassionate too. You know, there are several areas, really, where if we think about it, the Bible talks about two sides, talks about the need for a balance. And I don't, I don't have time to go through, through everything. Let me just hit a few highlights here tonight. John 4 and 24. God is a spirit, yes. and they that they worship, that worship him, him must, must worship him. Everyone say must. They that worship him must worship him. How? In spirit, in and, spirit in truth. and in truth. And I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here is a real danger for apostolics. We've got to make sure there's two things that God wants from our worship. He wants us worshiping in spirit, and he wants us worshiping in truth. Now listen, truth without spirit leads us to legalism. Spirit without truth leads us to lasciviousness. But spirit and truth will lead us to liberty. And that's what God wants for our life. we got to have both. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't really even understand sometimes. Some of you have, have had a very sheltered existence. But I've traveled enough. I've been in enough, even apostolic churches, 
There are some that it's word, 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 but there's not an ounce of spirit anywhere. I'm telling you, and I've been in some where it's hoop them up Jesus. Every service. And no word. In fact, I, I had to pastor a place like that one time. And what a deal. They love to shout. I, Brother Self, I mean, I, you know, I, I could preach Mary Had a Little Lamb, and they'd be, man, they was on their feet, they was running the aisles, they was shouting. But when it came Monday morning, they didn't know the first thing about living for God. They didn't know the first thing about the scriptures. They didn't know the first thing about the Bible. They just knew how to shout. Now, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not making this up. I'm telling you, we've got to find balance. Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. And then, not just in our worship, but in our holiness, in our holiness, 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, did you see that? He gives us two sides, doesn't he? He said real perfect holiness has got two sides to it. we got to cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh, that's the outer man, and of the spirit, the inner man. And I'm here to tell you, I've been in lots of apostolic churches where they had the standards on the outside down to a T. I mean, brother, they knew. In fact, they almost had soldiers stationed at the door to make sure that the sleeve is just right and the skirt is just right. And I mean, everything is going to be exact. But you talk about judgmental and full of hatred and animosity and gossip. And I've, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. They cleansed the outside and did nothing with the inside. And then I've been in other places where, man, they'd love you. They'd welcome you. They'd put their arms around you. They, I, I'm telling you, uh, in fact, there's, there's times people ask me about somebody. I say, man, he's one of the friendliest guys I know. He's, I mean, he'll just, he's, he is just so outgoing. And I have to stop right there. Because that's about all I can say. I mean, they're, they're friendly. They're kind. They're nice. But when it comes to the outside, you can't tell any difference between them and the denominal church down the street. Now listen to me, saints. Perfect holiness. Perfect holiness means you're going to have both of them cooked just right. You're not going to burn either side. You're going to have both of them done just right. Our holiness is not what God wants it to be. If it's not holiness both on the outside and on the inside. If it's not holiness both on the inside and on the outside. Well, now, 
Sunday morning I used this verse, but there's something else I need to say about it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. But let me just hit on this real quick. I'm trying to hurry. I know what time it is. I'm trying. I'm trying. And honestly, I came here tonight thinking, Lord have mercy. I'm going to have to let them out early because I don't even have four full pages of notes. Here's what happens. All right, let's, let's see. Uh, Galatians 6 and 10, what does he say? As we have therefore opportunity, yeah. let us do good, unto, do good all unto, men, unto all men, especially, especially unto them, them who are of the household now, of faith. Now on Sunday morning, I focused on that first part, as we have opportunity. Kind of didn't really deal with a whole lot of the rest of that. But, but there's something here I want you to see. Because I want you to see two sides here that he says we need to be doing good. For this last part is kind of what we focused on Sunday morning, them that are of the household of faith. We need to be treating our brothers and sisters right. But he started by saying, let us do good to all men. And so we've got to treat saints right, but we've got to treat sinners right. We got to love one another, but we got to love them. I'm talking about finding balance, church. I'm talking about trying to find balance. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it's not enough for us just to love each other if we don't love this city enough to get out there and try to reach them. It's not enough for us to put our arms around one another and pray for one another if we're not shedding some tears for the lost that we work with and we live next door to and we shop at the store with. But then there's the other side of this cake. Because I have seen folks that are all focused on winning the lost but don't expect them to spend any time with their brothers and sisters. I'll reach the sinners, but I don't like the saints. I heard one man, I didn't hear him say it, but a friend of mine who was a close friend of his, he, he was, because the man was just being funny when he said it, but he made the comment one time, he said, Brother Riley, my, my good friend told me this, he said, he said, the man looked at me, he said, Brother Riley, he said, I love God. He said, I just hate that I had to meet some of his people. Uh, he was just kidding. He was just kidding. But, but there are people that kind of have that attitude. They really do. I don't mind reaching out. I don't mind. But, but I don't, I'm not going to. I don't have time for you. No, look, we, we cannot be a cake not turned. We got to cook both sides of this thing. We got to find balance, saints of God. I'm, I'm preaching to you. This is what I came to this church tonight. I came with a burden that we got to find an even place. We got to stand in an even place. It's the only way. I'm telling you, there are strong winds that are starting to blow already. There are strong winds that are starting to blow already. And the only way we're going to maintain our steadfastness is if we've got our feet in an even place. 
If we're trying to stand on a hill, if we've got one foot higher than the other, we're going to lose our balance and fall. But if we can find an even place, if we can get to a place where we are evenly balanced, uh, the winds can blow however they want to, but I'll be able to stand. Look, in the natural realm, I said a while ago, and I really am. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to just get through this. Give me just a few more minutes. In the natural realm, you didn't quit trying because you fell over. But you kept working until you finally recognized what balance felt like. And so now, as I said, you don't even think about it. You sit, you stand. You run, you walk. You do all these things without concentrating on trying to maintain balance because you know what balance feels like. It has become second nature to you. It wasn't there originally, but it's there now. And you know what it feels like. And if you've ever had an inner ear infection or you know, anything that could throw your equilibrium off. You know what it's like. That after years of feeling comfortable with balance, that suddenly, i tell you what, if you've never felt that, uh, go on one of these cruises with me. By the way, it's a good time for a commercial. We're having another one, they, they say. Supposed to. They moved it. Usually it's in February, but they've moved it back to November. So if anybody wants to go, i got flyers out there. I'll sign you up. Southern Gospel singing. Kids 18 and under go free. And $90 of your price will go towards A to Z missions. And uh, so it'll be in November of next year. Lord willing. And the Lord don't come. And the palmist doesn't lock us out. Um, but anyhow, I tell you what, you, you spend some time, even on those big cruise ships, and you come home, and I'll be standing in my room, and I'm doing this. It's the truth. I'm just, I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I just, I still feel like I'm rocking with the waves. It, 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 it messes with you. Because you, you, it takes a while, you know, that ship's kind of rocking a little bit and, and you're, you're, you're trying to, to walk and, and then and, you, and you, you get to where you just, you finally adjust to that and then you get home and you're walking on, on, on terra firma and, and you're still doing all this. And they think, man, where, where were you last night? <laughs> oh, I, I was at a gospel singing. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, but you know, you know now what balance feels like. And you know what it feels like when balance is no longer there. And this is what I'm saying to you, saints. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. You can reach a place spiritually that you recognize that, hey, wait, 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 something's out of balance. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm leaning a little bit 
too far in one direction. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be leaning this way. I, I got to do something to correct this. My balance is off. My balance is off. I got to fix it. I got to fix it. If you can just find a place of balance and maintain it long enough, then you'll reach that point where you feel what balance is and you recognize it. And then, then when something happens that throws your spiritual equilibrium off, you know what you do? Immediately, you grab a stabilizer. Are you hearing me? When you recognize what balance feels like in the spirit, and then something hits you, you know, oh, I got to hang on. Something's not feeling right right now. Something's not where it needs to be right now. I got to... I got to hold on until I regain my balance. I know this is simple, but I'm trying to help somebody tonight. I'm trying to help you get to a place where you're not constantly having to be prayed back through. You're not constantly having to be picked back up. You've got to learn. Just find a place of balance. An even place. Instead of having this major revival in your life and getting super spiritual for a week and then super carnal for six months, just, just find a place of balance. Find a place of balance. This is what Jesus said to the church at Ephesus. And I've got just this one passage here. It's got a few scriptures in it. If musicians want to come and figure out what in the world they're going to play at this point. Um, but Revelation chapter 2, Jesus speaks to the church at Ephesus. And I want, you to, I want you to listen to what he says to them. In Revelation chapter 2, read for me, beginning in verse number 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars, in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. I know your works. And thy labor. Your labor. And thy patience. Your patience. And how thou canst not bear them you can't which are bear evil. those that are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have, hast found them liars. You can't stand false apostles, false prophets. You don't put up with them. And has born and you, has patience. You've born, you've walked through difficulties, you've had patience in your trials. And for my name's for sake, my has name's labored. sake, you have worked and has not and fainted. you didn't faint. Now I'm telling you, that sounds wonderful. I mean, they've really applied themselves here. And all this sounds good until we get to verse 4 and we start examining the other side of the cake. And we look at verse 4, and here's what he said. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. When I look at the other side, there's something wrong here. Because thou hast left thy first love. You've got all of this other that you've been doing. But you've missed something very, very important. You've left your first love. 
Your equilibrium's off, Ephesus. You're not balanced. You're not balanced. Oh, yeah, if we're going to just have a checklist, we can, we can check off all this stuff that, yeah, yeah, this is right, this is right, this looks good, this looks good, all that's fine. But there's another side to this that you've totally neglected. And so I can't accept this because the other side is raw and uncooked. And you've got to fix that, Ephesus. You've got to find balance in this. So Jesus gives them a prescription on how to correct this problem. Let's read on, verse 5. Remember, All therefore. Right, everyone say, remember. This is the first thing. Remember. Therefore, from whence thou art fallen. All right, stop right there. So the first thing, the first thing in this prescription is remember. Look, here's what I want you to do, Ephesus. I want you to get your bearings, all right? I want you to think about how things looked when you were standing balanced. I want you to, to kind of examine right now and realize you're leaning in one direction and, and you're about to fall. You didn't realize you were because you've made this checklist so perfect. But you're about to fall, Ephesus. So remember, remember what it was like when you were upright. Remember from where you're falling. So number one is remember. Remember. Alright, and then what did he say? And repent. Everyone say repent. This is the second thing. Repent. So now you remember where you were. You get a grip on your sense of direction. Where you came from, where you are, where you're headed. And now repent. Recognize that you're headed for a fall if you don't get a hold of yourself. If you don't reach out for a stabilizer. Repent. Ask God for forgiveness and mercy so you can stand upright again. Repent. And then he says what? And do the first works. All right, let's say it this way. Redo. Everyone say redo. So this is the three things he tells Ephesus to do. He says, remember, repent, and redo. Look, Ephesus, when you first learned that place of balance, it took you some time. There were things you had to do to gain that sense of balance. You've lost that now. So now you're going to have to go back and relearn that. You're going to have to go back through those steps that taught you what it was in the first place. So go back and do the first works. And then he starts telling them this is what's going to happen if you don't. And, but then let's skip down to verse 7. I, I'm, I'm closing with this. You want to stand? I'm closing with this. Verse 7, listen to what he says. He that hath an ear, that hath an ear let him hear what, the, hear Spirit what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To, the churches. to him that overcometh. To him that overcometh. Wait, I wait, give? wait. Listen. What are they overcoming right now? I, I mean, they already hate false prophets. And they already bear their troubles. And they go through their trials. And, and they, 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 they haven't 
been committing sin. They're looking right. They're dressing right. They're acting right. So what is it they're overcoming? I'll tell you what they're overcoming. They're overcoming their loss of balance. That's what they're overcoming. They're, they're shaky. They're, they're on the verge of, of collapsing. And Jesus said, I want to tell you, if you'll, if you'll remember and you'll repent and you'll redo, if you'll put forth the effort and you overcome this lack of balance, here's what's going to happen. Read. Will I overcometh? Will I give to eat give of the tree of life? Of the tree of life. Which is in the which midst in the of the midst. paradise of God. You know what's said about the tree of life? We won't go there. But what's said about the tree of life? It says that its leaves are for the healing of the nations. Your equilibrium's off, Ephesus. But if you can overcome this, I'm going to let you eat from that tree that's going to bring the spiritual healing that you need. You just got, you got to remember and you got to repent and you got to redo. But when you do, I'm going to let you eat of that tree and I'm going to give you the strength that you need to maintain that balance once again. Let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord right now, everybody. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I, I don't want to give in to extremes. I don't want to give in to extremes. I, I want to find that place of balance. Saints, I, you know, I, I know, I know you can find you, if you're looking, you can find places that preach it harder than I do in certain areas and certain things. But I'm not, I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to see who can be the hardest, the strictest. I just want to find a place of balance. I, I want to find a place of balance. I want, I want a place of balance. I want to stand on an even place. Because that's, that's where I can maintain a stabilized posture even when the wind is blowing. It's if I've got an even place. If I start leaning one direction or the other, there's going to be a wind that will knock me off my feet. But if I can find an even place. Hallelujah. I'll be all right. Saints of God, let, let, me, let me say this to you. Let me say this. And I, I hope that you understand what I'm saying. 
You know, we have men come through here and preach. And, and I know s several of you are on social media and you, you, you see posts by other men that preach against things that I may not preach against. Don't, don't, don't get distracted by all of that. I'm not criticizing them. I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about them. Here's what I want to tell you. Just know who your pastor is. And, 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 and we're, not, we're not criticizing them. And, and we're, not, we're not condemning them and the stands that they take. And, and every pastor is going to have to answer to God for whatever stand he makes. But just, just know that you have one pastor. And, and that's, that's what you're going to have to answer for. Not, not every message you hear at a conference or a camp meeting or a social media post. Or... And, and, and if you hear something and you're confused by it, just come talk to me. I, I'm not... I'm not I'm not going to put them down. They, they may have a reason. They have to take a stand. They, they may have a good reason why somebody in their church can't handle certain things. They may have a, a valid purpose for it. But just know who your pastor is and, and know that, that all I'm trying to do is provide an even place. That's all I'm trying to do. I just want to give you some level ground to stand on. Just give you some level ground. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't, we, why don't we close? I know it's late. Why don't we just come stand around the front? I think we ought to just talk to the Lord just at least for a few moments. Let's just come and stand. And, and why don't you ask God, really ask God, Lord, help me to find a place of balance. Help me to find a place of balance and maintain that balance in my life. I want to maintain a balance in my prayer life. I want to maintain a balance in my Bible reading. I want to maintain a balance in my outreach. I want to maintain a balance in the way I treat my brother. I want to maintain a balance in my worship. I want to maintain a balance in my holiness. I want, I want balance in every area of my life, God. I want to stand in an even place. Plant my feet in an even place, God. Come on, let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.